0: Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of Practical Nutrition, I'm Sarah, I'm Cassie, and I'm Alex, and today we're talking about post-workout nutrition, so last time I was in charge of picking out the topic, we did pre-workout nutrition, I told you guys Eventually, we would be talking about post-workout nutrition. So today is the day. That's what we were talking about. Got to follow up. <laughs> yes. So first and foremost, we know, um, we see this with, you know, client testimonials. We know research shows us that people that feel properly, they do better. They recover more quickly from soreness and injuries, and they receive more performance, improving benefits from those long and strenuous uh, training sessions that they have whatever kind of exercise that you do that's what we know and there's so much research that exists on the relationship between good nutrition and exercise performance but there's also a lot of misinformation out there um so kind of like we did with pre-workout nutrition and all the other topics that we talked about we're here to kind of decipher through that and and help you all figure out what you need to eat around your workouts so just like we mentioned for pre-workout nutrition every body is different so again we're simply just going to discuss general things. Um, However, if you are an athlete or you do want more specific information, just contact us. We can do that for you guys. Um, So first and foremost, why is post-workout nutrition important? So obviously we're talking about this. Yes, you should have some sort of nutrition after you exercise. And um, this post-exercise period, you might have heard it referred to as this anabolic window, which is a state of rebuilding after you've just broken down all those muscles that you've worked. Um, It's often considered the most critical part of nutrient timing. So you may have heard nutrient timing in uh, nutrition posts or the media or whatever, and that's because we're still trying to figure out what is the best nutrient timing in terms of its relationship with exercise and nutrition. And so this strategy of nutrient timing is designed to maximize exercise-induced muscular adaptations and facilitate the repair of the damaged tissue that just occurred with your exercise. So when you work out, what happens is you deplete a significant portion stored fuels including glycogen which is your main fuel source during activity for the most part and amino acids as well as causing damage to muscle fibers. So that feeling that you have in your muscles after you've just done a super hard leg day we call that delayed onset muscle soreness that results from these micro tears that happen in your muscles Um, and so we want to work on rebuilding that through nutrition to delay any sort of pain or injury or whatever that may come from that. Wait so you're saying that you break down
1: your muscles when you work Out. you
0: do which is a good thing. You rebuild <laughs> them up hopefully bigger. <laughs> so that's yeah. Again like muscle, right? <laughs> And so theoretically, consuming the proper ratio of nutrients during this post-exercise period will initiate the rebuilding of damaged tissue and restore energy results while doing so with optimal body recomposition and exercise performance. So what we try to do with our clients and um, just what we talk about in general is facilitating the best results from your nutrition related to the activity that you're doing. Um, so we talked about this with pre-workout nutrition, but we're going to go into the meal and or snack time meal or snack timing right so either or so how soon after a workout should you eat Cassie
2: good question Sarah <laughs> uh, research does show that it's not only important to eat something but the nutrients and the timing is also important those are both important so one of the best things that you can do is time your workout so that you're ready to consume a meal afterwards. I do this a lot um, with breakfast, for example, cause I do, I run in the mornings. And so my post-workout is my breakfast. And so that way I'm not having to add anything in um, for general training days. If it's a really long or really hard workout, it might be good to add something in, but you can definitely um, use a meal for that. Um, so and when I work out in the evening, often it's after dinner um, and so I will, add an extra snack into my day on those days. So it just kind of depends on your situation. And again, like Sarah said at the beginning, if you have specific questions, um, you can always message us, you can come in for a free consultation, um, because a lot of it does depend on when you're exercising, what your goals are, you know, all of those things. Um, So, but um, what we do know is eating something after a workout will give you better results. And so, um, so that's important. Your meal should be complete with complex carbs, lean protein, and a healthy fat source. So again, you know, after my run in the morning, for example, I'll have eggs, that's my protein, I'll have toast, and that's my carb, and I'll have berries, that's another carb, and on my toast, I'll either put avocado or olive oil, and that's my healthy fat. So everything is in there, it's complete, and that's gonna give my body what it needs to recover after that. Um, If you're unable to consume a meal afterwards, then I, you know, one thing I want you to do is think about your schedule because often you have to think about why is that? Why can't you eat afterwards? Um, it may not be time for a meal. That's one thing. So maybe you could think about a snack, but I know, um, this is something that a lot of my clients have issues with in the morning, especially if you're a morning exerciser and say you have a family. I know as soon as I walk in the door, I have no idea what to expect from my teenagers. (laughs) So (laughs) did, did someone oversleep? Did someone forget to make their lunch the night before did, you know, is someone having, an emotion an emotional crisis that morning that I need to help handle um, you never know and so um, so you never know what you're gonna walk into so I often will try to prep my breakfast beforehand so that way it's easy to get to so if it's a timing thing something like prepping might help you um, also if it's a priority thing it might be that the first thing you do is when you get home is walk in the kitchen and get your meal in and that's something that I have to make a priority uh, because in the morning you're you might be being pulled all different directions. Say you work out at lunchtime, instead of going back and starting work straight away as soon as you get back, you, you know have a snack on your way back to the office or have one at your desk and make sure that you're getting it in after your workout. Um, evening time, same thing, if you're eating dinner earlier and you have a hard workout in the evening, you may need to add an extra meal there or snack. And so thinking about why you're not having it and addressing that um, is important. Um, but if you're not hungry, and that's another thing that, that we hear a lot because sometimes um, exercise diminishes your hunger cues um, or if you had a really hard workout maybe you don't feel like eating your stomach is upset a little bit um, so you can grab something you know super easy and small just to bridge that gap and take advantage of that anabolic window that Sarah was talking about earlier um, and it doesn't have to be anything huge um, so you know having even just a simple yogurt or something like that can help if you don't have a perfectly balanced breakfast like I was Talking about that's okay. Having something there is going to help you. Um, so the main thing is you don't want to have just nothing. So um, so think about that. And then again, we can help with ideas with that if you um, if you don't feel like you can eat afterwards. Sometimes liquids work well. Chocolate milk is is really easy and um, it is a really good recovery meal as well. Um, so what we and when I, I didn't talk about timing as much, but the timing that we recommend is within 30 minutes to an hour of when you finish. Um, If you're going longer than that, then again, think about why, and you know, hopefully we've given you some tips for what to do about all of those whys, uh, but make sure that you aren't going um, too long after that. And then if you, if you have a snack, for example, you want to try to have that next meal. Um, within four to six hours and so um, that again will help you keep that progress going so like Sarah said you know we definitely break ourselves down um, and how high up you get from that workout as far as your um, muscle rebuilding and recovery process really depends on what you're doing in that recovery time And eating is a huge part of that rest and recovery is also important but if you aren't giving your body what it needs to recover stronger you can actually not recover as strongly and that can increase your injury risk you won't get as good of results and so um, the eating part is really important so if you can eat sooner great do that Um, and if not be sure you're planning something to bridge that gap
0: yeah. Well, and notice how you didn't say this one thing is going to work. You specifically said like individualized results or individualized uh, recommendations for this person versus this person. So if you are someone that is fair, it succumbs to the Amazon ads or the Instagram <laughs> ads that says this product will reduce your body fat percentage by 5% if you drink it post-workout. Probably won't. Um, they're just, that's their marketing uh, tactic that they're using to get you to buy that. And we know that food works and so that's what we want you guys to focus on. And most post-workout drinks don't contain carbs. They contain protein, and that is actually a good bridge into what we'll talk into next. And I'll let Alex talk about um, the first nutrient that we'll we'll talk about in terms of what's important for post-workout fueling, and probably the most important too, which is carbs. Yeah. And real quick, yes. I just want to clarify. Yes. Sarah
2: just said <laughs> that. Just want to make sure you all heard that. <laughs> that
0: actual food
2: can provide everything you need Indeed. Yes. <laughs> all right so yes. You don't need any specialized recipe, no, you don't. Uh, crazy. type of food that no. you have to pay a lot of money yep. for yes okay, all right just making sure <laughs> thank you i don't need collagen powder oh, <laughs> just making sure, just making sure. <laughs> we heard you can do that. it in a lot of ways you know there are lots of different oh yeah but you don't have to Great for those things. Right? Yeah. yeah, and you could do a cheaper
1: option. Yeah. Like chocolate milk is a mm-hmm. little bit cheaper than protein powders. Oh, yeah. So, moving into carbohydrates, my favorite macronutrient. <laughs> Arguably, like Sarah mentioned, the most important nutrient for exercisers um, to eat. Carbs serve as an energy source both at rest and during exercise. And at AYB, we do offer resting metabolic rate testing. So if you are curious what type of fuel you burn at rest, whether that be carbs, fat, or both, yes, we do have technology here to be able to determine that. Then come see us, it's $80 to do that. And if you're an avid exerciser, it could really help you kind of maximize your workouts and determine what fuel would work best for you. That was just a side note. Anyways, um, however, stores of carbs in the body are limited. Um, So thus consuming carbs before, during and after an event is vital. So your body's usually gonna use your muscle glycogen first and it's used up really quickly. So those ultra endurance athletes that are going for two, three, four hours, that's why we push carbs during those events, because we gotta be sure that we're staying on top of that and making sure that your muscle glycogen is stored. Muscles are receptive to replacing stored glycogen following exercise. So we just got rid of a bunch of it, so we wanna be sure we replace it. And that's what we're doing with our post-exercise nutrition. Um, Stored glycogen following exercise because of a higher level of the enzyme glycogen synthase that can enhance the conversion of carbs to stored glycogen. So that enzyme takes your carbs and turns to glycogen And that's how we have more glycogen in our body that we can use. So immediately after exercise, one to 1.2 grams per kilo body weight during the first four to six hours after completion of exercise is associated with enhanced muscle glycogen recovery so if like 150 pound person that's going to be around 60 to 70 grams of carbs so like cassie was saying those two pieces of bread that fruit, that's going to get you close to there sounds like a good breakfast
2: <laughs> good job cassie
1: <laughs> and like they were talking about earlier even if you're not there yet something's going to be better than nothing so like that chocolate milk great. Maybe if you compare a banana with it again, obviously depends on the intensity of your exercise. Um, but we definitely want you to be having that post-workout nutrition, especially carbs to make sure you're maximizing, restoring that energy and falling within that anabolic window. So combining those carbs with the protein source may promote muscle protein synthesis. So we talked about your muscles being broken down. Now we're rebuilding that muscle and that protein right after is going to help. Um, and if like you want essential amino acids, especially after those BCAAs. So leucine is one that's really important. um, And that's found in like your meats, your eggs, your dairy and that kind of stuff. Um, And that's very important for protein synthesis. So also be sure you're looking at what type of protein you're picking, but again, something is better than nothing. The ideal ratio for carbs to protein is 3 to 1 in snacks post-exercise. So Cassie was talking about how she was able to add some fat to her meal, which is fantastic. Um, But again, if you just only have time for a snack, looking for that 3 to 1 ratio would be best. Um, This is best if consumed within 30 minutes of exercise, arguably considered number one thing you can do to enhance your performance. Say it louder for people in the back. It's the number one thing you can do to enhance your performance. Just that post-workout quick within 15 to 20, 30 minutes snack right after chocolate milk, yogurt, something like that would be super beneficial to your performance. Ultimately, the amount of carbs needed is associated with the intensity and duration of physical activity, gender, environmental conditions. Is it hot? Is it cold? There's lots of things to consider. And like I mentioned, are you riding three to four hours on your bike? Are you doing like a 10 to 15 minute HIIT workout? So it's just going to depend on the type of workout that you're doing. So benefits of post-exercise carbs. Minimizes fatigue, so you just expended a ton of energy, you use tons of, tons of glycogen, so we gotta rebuild that. So if you have that post-workout snack, that's super helpful with that. Increases blood flow to muscles. Muscle cells are more sensitive to insulin, which promotes glycogen synthesis. So. As you can see, lots of positive benefits to having that post-workout snack. Your blood's flowing, so it's gonna deliver that energy much more efficiently. Your body's gonna absorb it better. So again, that anabolic window, having carbs right after a workout's really
0: important. And now moving on to protein. Protein, Cassie, I'll let you kind of talk about protein. Alex hit on it a little bit, um, but there's a few more, more things that we can hit on as well too
2: yes so protein has an important role in exercise um, resistance exercise induces protein breakdown which we talked about that's the whole, one of the goals of resistance exercise <laughs> so um why you're why you're sore and so um and the anabolic or rebuilding phase can occur for 24 to 48 hours so you have lots of time so you know um, the post-workout meal is real or snack is really important but also getting protein all throughout the day is also very important and a lot of people you know on the we talk we're talking about having something but on the flip side a lot of people have a protein shake that maybe has you know, 60, 80, 100 grams of protein um, after a workout and they think, okay, I got all my protein I need after my workout and then they may not really think about protein a whole lot the rest of the day. And that's a mistake as well because your body can't even really utilize that much protein to rebuild at at one time. So it would be much better to have less after your workout and spread it out throughout the day than to have, you know, everything that you think you might need after that workout. So um, so think about that as well um, because it does take a long time to recover Um, so you know protein is very important in muscle growth and repair and necessary Um, Alex mentioned about um, the type of protein and the essential amino acids that is very important and that doesn't mean that you can't be a vegetarian or not eat animal products um, and you know get results that's that's not what we're saying Um, it's just when you look at say soy versus whey or a dairy protein for recovery they both work better than nothing but the dairy protein has more leucine in it and again that's an amino acid that's really important for recovery that does better than the soy protein so um, so just so you know you know and it's <laughs> not like you, you don't have to eat dairy you don't have to have those um, animal proteins but in research they do show that they have more enhanced muscle rebuilding after breaking muscle down So um, protein also aids in the repair and recovery process, um, you know, following muscle damage in general. So you're gonna have um, better recovery, better repair, better results if you're getting your protein in. Six to 20 grams of high quality complete protein should be consumed within three hours after intense training. So you see that window is a little bit bigger, you know, so um, because you really, right after a workout, you're thinking about glycogen replenishing and um, getting some of those calories in and protein you can extend a little bit longer, but you have to make sure you're getting that in as well. Um, And for reference, usually an ounce of um, any kind of meat like chicken or beef or turkey or any of that, or one egg is gonna have six to seven grams of protein. Um, You can usually get six to seven grams and a cup of soy milk as well if you are a vegetarian or um, you know you can get that from any other kind of veggie source but making sure that you have complete proteins is important Um, and that's a whole other topic (laughs) so I will go into detail with that Um, so um, and then to that that recovery process um, if you have two a day workouts or you have really intense workouts where you're really breaking yourself down that recovery and the timing are going to be even more important Um, so that with those athletes or if you're doing those two-a-day workouts so, um, and if you're a strength athlete, then again, that's your goal is to build muscle and you're breaking down your muscle constantly. Um, and maybe you weigh more, you may need more than 20 grams. So these are just general guidelines. We do base this on, you know, individuals and body weight whenever we're making specific recommendations. Um, when let's talk a little bit about hydrolyzed protein sources, um, this is often found that these are often found in supplements. You may see this on a protein powder. Um, these are also called pre-digested proteins and they are absorbed more quickly quickly because they're already broken down, but they're not necessarily better for you. And again, a lot of that depends on what you're using it for. As you see, you have up to 48 hours to really get all the protein you need in. So unless it's absolutely necessary to get really quick protein in, it may not give you any benefit and you're going to pay a lot more for those products. Now on the flip side, if that's the only way you're going to get protein, we would say do it. (laughs) So um, if it's easy for you, you like the taste, and that's what you're going to do, um, that's definitely better than nothing. If you're not going to have a Greek yogurt or you're not going to have a food, and you, but you will drink a protein shake, then um, then we you know say go for it. That's fine. Um, but it's not necessarily going to give you any anabolic advantage over just having real food and having it throughout the day. Um, it is best to eat whole foods that supply a variety of essential nutrients because you know if you look at um, again a yogurt versus a protein drink, you're going to have. Um, The yogurt's gonna have all sorts of electrolytes in it. It's gonna have more potassium, vitamins, and um, other things that your body needs to repair and rebuild itself. You throw some berries in there for some carbs instead of having just straight sugar in a a drink, um, you're gonna have antioxidants that will help with recovery. So so whole foods um, definitely are gonna be what we suggest, um, and you don't have to do those other things to gain a benefit. Again, you have to remember they're marketing that, and then also, as we've talked about with supplements, you have that risk. of them being contaminated with other things as well. And you know, you know, your berries are gonna not have anabolic steroids in them. (laughs) (laughs) Typically. (laughs) Yeah. And I know so (laughs) typically. Oh geez. No, oh geez. Check (laughs) (laughs) labor.
1: And I know Sarah mentioned earlier that some of, like, those whey protein isolate powders don't have any carbs after, like, a very hard workout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So be sure you're checking the label if you are using a protein powder. And if it doesn't have any carbs, be sure you're bringing, like, a banana or something with you to be sure that you're getting some of those carbs in.
0: Yeah. yeah. And look at the difference in the ingredient labels, too. I mean, yeah. some of those protein powders have ingredient labels the size of my palm, whereas yogurt has yogurt yeah. <laughs> yogurt has yogurt exactly. yeah. Yeah. And, and berries yes. have berries,
2: and berries yeah. yes. and so that's good. important and, yeah. so, you know, and with the, and i, I often um, use this example too with the protein part you know the protein and that you're eating that's the building blocks but the carbs are the energy source for your body to do that so that's mm-hmm. it you know right. so they work really well together um you can give yourself you know the protein building blocks but if your body's so depleted it doesn't have the energy or it doesn't think it wants to put on metab- metabolically active tissue um because it's so depleted it doesn't have the energy to do that, then you're not gonna get as good of a result either. Yeah. So. yeah.
0: And then the last macronutrient fat, it is important post-workout because it, it's a macronutrient, you need it, right? And so it doesn't necessarily um have like a specific requirement post-workout, um, but just so you all know, fat is an efficient form of energy storage, it's used as a fuel source during like steady state longer endurance activity. Um so if you've depleted the, the your glycogen stores in an hour of working out 45 minutes of working out um, and you're still running further than that, then you start to break down that fat as a fuel source, which is normal. Um, so about 80% of energy may come from fat when you're working at about approximately 25% of your intensity or your VO2 max, um, which which is a form of measuring intensity. So, so fat does have its place, but there isn't really a specific requirement for post-workout replenishment. But the good news is, is if you do time your workout to have a meal afterwards, you're going to get in what you need. Um, just just make sure you include an intentional fast source because that should be you know included at most meals and snacks anyways so um, bridging from macronutrients we're going to talk about hydration which we do have an entire <laughs> entire podcast over that too um, but it is important post workout so we want you guys to have that information again so I'll let Alex kind of talk about that
1: yeah so planned rehydration is necessary and should be a part of your post-workout routine so if obviously if it's really hot outside that's going to be really important especially getting those electrolytes as well to help replenish and i know cassie mentioned like doing yogurt will have some of those electrolytes as well but making sure you're getting some liquid is going to be very important don't rely on thirst as a stimulus to drink all the time um, because the thirst sensation will occur only after one to two liters or one to two percent of body weight has already been lost and i know we've talked about in our hydration podcast like with athletes if you're losing more than two percent of your body weight it can be detrimental to your performance so it's important to not only hydrate during, but especially after as well. Most people finish exercising with a fluid deficit and may need to restore fluid losses during the recovery period. So you want to aim to drink two to three cups of fluid per pound loss within two hours of completion of exercise. So be sure that you, if you're somebody who has to run to work right after your workout, be sure that you have a water bottle with you. Um, it's really easy just to skip that. Um, so be sure that you have your snack and your water. I know we work with a lot of people that are doing their workout and then going right to work just speaking on that topic. So it's important to plan ahead, like Cassie mentioned, like Sarah's mentioned, and make sure that you have that stuff with you and bring in water with you. If you don't monitor your fluid losses, just plan on having some water handy and drink to your thirst. So you want to check your urine color. You want it to be a pale yellow post-it note color. Everybody knows what that looks like. (laughs) The pale yellow classic post-it note. That's what you want your pee to look like most of the time. If it's dark yellow all the time you're probably not hydrated enough if it's always clear may want to check and make sure that you're not drinking too much because that's something as well so listen to that hydration podcast (laughs) Uh, people that store more fat are likely to get dehydrated quicker because fat doesn't hold water so again very important to make sure that you're rehydrating especially after a workout and if it's like really hot outside and you're working out outside just be sure that you're staying hydrated excuse me And just be aware that post-workout hydration is required and
0: recommended. So not only is food very important post-workout, but we got to stay hydrated as well. And we do get pretty specific with, with people when it comes to hydration. So just knowing that, you know, we don't expect everyone to monitor their weight pre and post workout, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but just knowing that you should have that water bottle handy while you're working out and after you're working out is really important as well. And we talk about this in our hydration podcast too, but trying to consume at least half your body weight in ounces and then replenishing whatever was lost in workouts um, is important too. And that's a lot. So starting small can be a goal. So if you weigh 120 pounds, that would be 60 ounces. And if you normally drink 30, well try and increase that to 40 the next week. Um, Just, you know, start small and make sure that you are hydrating properly. So the last thing that we'll talk about regarding specific nutrients, macronutrients versus micronutrients is those micronutrients, um, vitamins and minerals. There's not necessarily specific things that you need to do with that, but I do want to address it because I think that there's a lot of what we call nutrition quackery out there with supplementation. Um, And so just kind of understanding what's important, what's not as important might be beneficial for you as well. So when you exercise, you sweat, right? That's a form of fluid. And so water-soluble vitamins may be lost in sweat, uh, including sodium too. And we talk about that with a lot of our athletes um, that run for long durations and stuff like that. However, to date, there is no research that supports needing extra vitamins to replace whatever is lost in exercise. Another thing too is those who exercise, especially the people that we work with who are in tune with their nutrition, they typically eat more calories and more healthful foods. So they're probably getting in um, their daily requirements anyways because they're eating more food and they're eating more healthful options. So that's something to think about as well. If you have a healthy diet, do you really need a multivitamin that has 200% of your, your, your B, B vitamins? Probably not, right? <laughs> um, however, if a deficiency begins to which should be monitored when you go to those physician checkups you should be getting um, those levels tested for the most part most doctors will do that Um, but if you're ever curious or you feel like you're having symptoms or we feel like a client is having symptoms we'll recommend that um, because that will obviously reduce physical performance or make you feel not so great or give you these symptoms that could be detrimental. Um, And so specifically with performance, um, with losing water-soluble vitamins, the reason we see reduction in performance is because those vitamins act as components of coenzymes necessary for energy metabolism, which occurs during exercise. Um, let's talk about people who consume lots of vitamins and minerals so we can even go as far as to call that a mega dose so that would be just be you know consuming 400% of vitamin C or whatever just these very large amounts um, of the percentages of your DRIs. And so this is not beneficial and it can be actually pretty harmful. Uh, most vitamins have an upper limit established, meaning that you don't need to go over this and you could experience you know, toxic symptoms. Uh, they start to act as kind of a drug in your body um, and and you do start to experience symptoms and that's what we call hypervitaminosis so when you have too much of something of those vitamins from supplements from fortified foods or a combination of the two so you have a healthy diet but you're also consuming five vitamin mineral supplementations you're probably going to be you know over time taking in way too much which we know is not great Like I said, there is an upper limit, you know, that's been established for for most vitamins. So If you are active and you have been thinking, hey, should I be taking this supplement or this supplement? Um, Let's talk about that for a second. So like I said, most active people will meet those daily recommended intakes for their vitamins and minerals through just an overall healthful food and adequate calorie consumption. However, there are some reasons we may recommend supplements um, and just some off the top of my head would be people that are doing weight control sports. So if you have a decreased intake, you have to lose weight like wrestlers have to Uh, weigh in for whatever class they're competing in so they may have periods of severe calorie reduction, which probably means they aren't getting in enough of XYZ, right? If you have poor dietary habits, if you're not overall eating healthy foods, if you're pregnant, yes, you should be taking prenatal supplements and stuff like that. We've discussed that before. And then elderly or more senior athletes, they um, may have some malabsorption issues or have increased needs for whatever reason. So we may recommend supplementation in that case as well. Um, However, if you are thinking about supplementation, always try and talk to your health. Care provider or your dietitian, if you're seeing one, Um, we know what to look for. You know, we have seen this. We've seen clients that we've recommended supplements for, or maybe taken off of supplements for whatever reason. And then also check the daily value on those supplements. So look for 100% or less of the daily value. Getting 100% on something is good, right? If I got 150%, if I got some extra credit on a test, that would be good. But in this case, it's not. We don't need over it. 100% is satisfactory for each of those vitamins. And then also try and purchase from reputable sources and avoid added ingredients. I know in our 12-week challenge we were talking about added sugar, and uh, there was someone had a question about those gummy vitamins, and I think like sometimes two gummy vitamins can contain upwards of 10 grams of added sugar, um, and that that's a lot compared to the daily allotted amount that we normally recommend for most people. So so just think about uh, just think about that. There's a lot of other things we could say about that, and maybe we'll address that in another podcast. Um, but for now... Now, hopefully, you, you took something away from that in terms of supplementation. And so, we'll kind of wrap this up with what things that you should be thinking about consuming post workout. And we're, we're just going to throw some examples at you guys just to get your, your brain thinking. So, Cassie, if you want to go ahead and list some of those out. Yes. So, some,
2: you know, just your favorite meal consisting of complex carbs, lean proteins, and healthy fat. That can be a lot of different things. It can be a sandwich if you want it to be, um, and a piece of fruit. So, um, I mentioned the breakfast options. Chocolate milk fits that three to one ratio perfectly and when we say three to one ratio that's carbs to protein so say just for example it had 45 grams of carbs then that would mean it would have about 15 grams of protein so um so that that's how you would calculate that Um, a cliff bar also fits in that fairly well um so pretty close and so you can look at that Um, and see, and you know, right after your workout, your body does handle some sugar a little bit differently. So if you have it immediately after your workout, if you're concerned about the sugar, for example, in the chocolate milk, um, your body's using that to replenish the glycogen stores that Alex was talking about for your carbs. So right after a workout, it's actually not a negative thing to have some sugar and sugar might even be better than some other things to replenish those glycogen stores faster. So especially if you, you know, work out a lot, have two days, that is going to be probably the best way you can replenish those. So don't worry too much about the sugar. We don't recommend just sitting on the couch drinking chocolate milk all day. Um, So, But after workout, it can be helpful. Turkey on a whole wheat wrap with veggies, Greek yogurt with berries, whole grain bagel, and um, nut butter, that's also a great option. Cinnamon, applesauce, and a handful of walnuts. So you see there's lots of different things that you can do. So so think about when you need to have it, if you need to bring it with you, how easy is it, and what's going to be something your stomach can tolerate after a hard workout.
0: Yes, so bottom line, you should drink fluids and consume something after your workout. Um, try and time your workouts around your meals and if that's not possible, try and consume something small within 30 minutes to an hour of exercise completion. Take advantage of that rebuilding phase to prevent you know this onset of soreness or, or longer duration of soreness to increase the size of your muscles, right? Don't we all want that? <laughs> and then have a plan. So severe hunger and thirst should be avoided through having those, those foods and fluids readily available you afterwards so that wraps up our post-workout nutrition Uh, if you do have specific questions message us reach out to us we'd love to set up some sort of consultation with you guys remember we offer those free 30-minute consults Um, otherwise if you have recommendations for further podcasts go ahead and shoot them our way we love to hear from you guys in that case we'll see you next week thank you thank you
1: bye